Jump 95. I am uh, Hayden, one of your hosts. We're joined by our special guests slash the only other hosts on this podcast, Matt and Derek. Um, guys, welcome back. This is episode, what do you want to call it? 1.5? Just re- one? Uh, what, are we, what are we calling it this week? Episode one. Let's do that. Just, just treat it as episode one. No one needs to know what else happened. I'm confident we can make this episode one. <laughs> At least this one will be episode one, maybe a future episode one as well. Um, so welcome back. This is Jump 95. We'll be talking. Did you say confident or competent? Uh, it depends. We'll see how, how my uh, hotspot running from my, my old iPhone 6 to my 2010 MacBook Pro, see how that works out this week. But what could go wrong? Um, we'll be talking basketball. Uh, let's do a quick intro of ourselves. Derek, you want to go ahead and go first? Yeah, sure. Uh, as you just said, I'm Derek. Uh, my basketball history, I guess, is what we're kind of going with. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I played high school basketball, a small, small little school in Ohio. Uh, it was forgettable. Matt uh, would like to chime in. I'm six foot eight, so I got a little bit of basketball acumen. I didn't say that. Uh, I played in, played in some men's leagues in my 20s. I played on some decent teams. I'm the elder statesman of the group because, as you can see, I just uh, – referred to it as my 20s in the past tense. I'm 31. <laughs> uh, I coach now at a, a D1 high school just outside of Akron. So I have a lot of a lot of kids from Akron, as they would say. And I uh, like the Cavs, Nuggets, and now uh, thanks to Matty B, the Grizzlies. What team did you grow up watching? The Cavs. Terrell Brandon Cavs. was my guy back in the mid-90s with Mike Fratello at the helm. Oh, there's a deep cut. <laughs> Cavs fans aren't even going to know. You are showing your age because I don't know what you're talking Tyrone about. Tyrone Hill, ugliest guy alive. Do you want to give your basketball hot take now or do you want to do more intro? Uh, let's, let's get the intros out of the way. Then we'll throw our hot takes together. All right. Hey, I'm Matt. I guess also known as Matty B on the podcast. I gave you um, that nickname without asking, I guess. It's Matty B now. Um, I played some high school ball and uh, haven't touched the game since that. But I do like to watch the NBA. If you ask me. The best player in the history of the world was Steve Nash, and I will take that to the grave. More like Steve Trash. Uh, right now, teams are definitely the Cavs, and teams are also the Mavs. I think that the Mavs are going to have a fabulous season this year. Very exciting basketball to watch over there. Um, less less basketball knowledge than Derek, but, you know, I'm out here. I'm giving it my all. That's about it. I feel like you forgot a team, one of your favorite teams, Matt. You want to go ahead and uh, explain who else you, you're rooting for? Uh, yeah, I hate to see it. Um, my actual favorite team, thanks to uh, Hayden, is the Washington Wizards. Uh, shout out to, um, I guess, Admiral Schofield. Big baller. I prefer cheese. <laughs> I was going to leave a moment of silence after you said Washington Wizards. Hayden, why don't you give us your intro? I'm Hayden. I, we're all from Ohio. I currently live out in Southern California as well. But I grew up a Minnesota Timberwolves fan, a very short white kid that was obsessed with Kevin Garnett. My dad used to travel for work a lot. He ended up going to Minnesota and always bring me home. Timberwolves stuff, twins stuff. But the, the Timberwolves really stuck because Kevin Garnett was the ultimate personification of what I wanted to be, a tall, athletic black man that could dunk. And I obviously didn't turn out to be that, but still love basketball to this day. I kind of followed LeBron when he 
when he, when he came to the Cavs. Um, and now I'm in a weird spot. I, I think I like the Cavs, though they're not the best. I'm trying to root for the Timberwolves, but it's not the same connection. And it's hard to be a Lakers fan because they're so obnoxious, but I want to see LeBron succeed. So I'm just, I'm observing all teams this year, but my, my, my team, my absolute favorite team as of a week ago are the Orlando Magic, led by Kem Birch, Evan Fournier, uh, other guys that are also on the team. <laughs> other guys. <laughs> other teammates that are also Derek playing. really did you dirty there. So that's my ultimate favorite team as of 2019-2020. Let's go Magic. You're very welcome. Thank you, Derek. Thank you, you for that. You forgot about Mo Bamba. <laughs> I can never forget about Mo. I actually, I'll, I'll talk about Mo Bamba later because... Spoiler alert, he's not my favorite player on the team. Um, <laughs> what are you guys' hot takes you want to get up front when everybody to know about what you think of the NBA as of right now? So I'm, I'm, I'm sticking to my guns here. We've talked about it before. I think the Nets are going to be worse this year with Kyrie Irving at the helm instead of D'Angelo Russell. Uh, they're four and six right now. Uh, they went 42 and 40 last year. Uh, I've talked about it a little bit. I know Matt, Matt disagrees with me, but, uh, He's a system breaker. Like LeBron's a system breaker, but Kyrie Irving is not LeBron James. So when he breaks the system, uh, they just don't get any better. And uh, we kind of saw that in Boston when he came to a team that was already established as like 50 wins going deep into the Eastern Conference playoffs. And then they kind of underperformed by a lot of people's standards. You have to feel more confident with that opinion because they've not looked good the last couple games. Like you said, they're four and six. I don't remember who they just played. I think it was the Jazz they they end up losing to in the end, but they're just not look, looking that good, to be honest. Yeah, I know Kyrie went like 10 of 30 the other night, and it's not all on him. I know it seems like I'm piling on Kyrie Irving, but also Levert, Levert's hurt, and uh, DeAndre Jordan was just a god-awful signing. Uh, I will say that they made Phoenix seem like a championship-caliber team. The other night. Are you saying that they aren't? <laughs> yeah, I don't know why that would be a, a, weird, a strong opinion to have, but is that a hot take? <laughs> I think it's a very lukewarm <laughs> championship caliber team. <laughs> yeah, the net. Let's see. Let's see what the Nets do this year because. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. I, I after you mentioned that last week in our forgotten episode, um, th- I think that kind of proved it this week. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, as with anything, we're 10 games into an 82-game season, small sample size. I could be wrong, but I'm probably not because I never am. (laughs) It's been proven. You're never wrong. Oh, by the way, people, I'm single, so. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, I don't remember asking that, but okay. (laughs) If you you want to date this narcissistic guy, (laughs) here he is. I'm never wrong, so I've got that going for me. Okay, I got a couple hot takes coming in. Oh, a couple. Yeah, um, got to stick with the OG, and that's uh, I'm going to tell you that Dallas is going to take it all this year. Coming out of the tough West Coast, there Dallas is looking good. They're going to find their stride this year, and Dallas is going to take it all. That being said, the other hot take, despite what I really want to happen in this league, I think visiting the Western Conference Finals will be the Golden State Warriors this year. Yes. <laughs> Uh, okay. I'm not sure how to follow that, to be honest. <laughs> That's a very hot take. Do you want to expound on it all? Do I want to what on it? Expound? Do you expand or do, like say, say anything well, else? Let me expound on it for you. Is that a word? I thought that's what you said. That's what I said. I don't know if that's a word. I have some confidence in Steph Curry. 
I don't like him, but when he plays, he's very consistent. And I think with all these... You do know he's out to like April, yes. right? Yes, yeah. I do know. Okay. But that's why this hot take might seem less hot <laughs> later. I think when Steph comes back and is playing, he's going to be playing his game. And he's a guy who knows playoff basketball. They have a lot of people on the team still. I Granted, they don't have KD. They have enough talent on the team and experience on the team that they can still make it not past Dallas, maybe not past the Lakers, but I think there's a good chance that we see the Golden State Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. That is the kind of hot take I want to hear. The problem is the way things are going right now, they're going to be 20 games under 500 when Steph Curry gets back. Yeah, they might have like a like, 15 and 50 just gotta, record. Just gotta make like, the playoffs here. Like I'll, I'll, I've been more of a believer in the Warriors this year than most people have because everybody's been rooting for their demise. But amen. Like I like D'Angelo Russell. I like. I think Draymond Green is a great player. Uh, Pashall seems like a good find that they got there in the second round that he can contribute this year. I like Willie Cauley Stein, but like things haven't come together. And then Steph Curry got hurt, and they've kind of been getting throttled. And I'm worried the season's getting mm-hmm. away from them already. So it makes this take extra hot. Also, quick question. It's a very, very uh, warm because, Do you guys think that we're partial to D'Angelo Russell because he was an OSU guy? I think you know my answer is no because I'm not really an Ohio State guy. I'm in the same boat as Derek. I didn't even know he went to Ohio State, to be honest. I had no idea. Okay, there it is. Yeah, I didn't really follow college very well. All right. My hot take is a little different than what I said last week because I feel like I'm eating my words. I said last week that nobody heard. I guess I don't have to say it, but I didn't think the Nuggets were very good, and I think they're turning out to be good. But here's my hot take. It's not very basketball-based. I don't think anybody on the Philadelphia 76ers likes each other at all. I think they all hate each other. I think they're a bunch of very good players that happen to be on the same team. But nobody seems to get along. Ben Simmons seems like a big, grumpy turd. Joel Embiid seems so mean. Tobias Harris has been traded around so much that he just ended up on a good team. I don't know. I just, when I watch them... Nobody seems to like each other. They may suck it up and win a championship the same way that maybe the Cavs did, where they, they, I guess they had a couple people that kept them together, but I don't know. I don't think anybody likes each other. I think they're a bunch of jerks. So <laughs> that's my very professional. JJ Reddick did leave the team. Yes, correct? no more. He's on. He's on the Pelicans. Yeah, he's on the Pelicans. I'm watching him right yeah. now. So that's my opinion that they're a bunch of jerks and nobody likes them. But they might still win the championship. But who knows? I like Joel Embiid. He's funny. <laughs> Hashtag we all from Africa. I just really think I couldn't get along with any of them as as people. I don't think they would be fun people to hang out with at all. That's just my... You need to follow Joel Embiid on Twitter because he is a great Because he's a bully. He just is mean to people. I don't like mean people. I want nice people in my life. He's a goofball. <laughs> I agree with Hayden. I don't is like it? him because he seems mean. <laughs> he does seem mean. I think he seems nonchalant. That's that's just That's just what I feel this week. All right, next segment. Uh-oh, welcome to Big Baller Zone. Who's your Big Ballers of the Week, gentlemen? Big Ballers are people that performed well this week. Not necessarily a LeBron James, a uh, somebody that's supposed to be a Big Baller, but somebody that was a Big Baller this week and stepped into very Big Baller ZO2 shoes and showed up this week. So, Eric, who's your Big Baller of the Week? I heard you got a hot one. Oh, yeah. They're all hot. And I'm just hoping that I don't have some sort of jinx on me because... In our, in our lost episode, uh, I picked Gordon Hayward, who promptly went out for a majority of the season with a broken hand. <laughs> so I'm hoping I'm not about to jinx this guy, but I was watching my Grizzlies last night. And uh, as, as they were down double digits in the third quarter, things looking bleak on the road against the powerhouse Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> uh, 
Marco Gadurik comes off the bench. Okay. The score a career high 17 points in just 20 minutes, but that's not even the impressive part. He scored 11 points in two minutes to erase that deficit. They ended up winning the game too, right? Guy was dominant. I turned the, turned the game on in the third quarter and just watched him score 11 points in two minutes. I was texting you guys. This is the like, kind of big oh ball that I like. Who, who is this? Marco Gadurik is his name. Don't forget it. He's a rookie. Uh, he played on the Serbian national team. He is 24, though. He's played professional ball over in Europe for a couple years. Last year, he played for Fenerbahce. Uh, he was over 50% behind the arc in EuroLeague play last year. And, uh, yeah, going to be a big part of the Grizzly turnaround that I'm sensing. You, was he drafted? Was he undrafted? Do you know anything else about him? Uh, he was undrafted. He entered the draft in 2017, was not drafted. So he was an international free agent when the Grizzlies snapped him up this offseason. Give me his name one more time because I, I still don't remember. Marco Gadurik. Marco Gadurik. That is a hot Hot big baller take. I like hearing those kind of names. That's names a great that. big baller of the week. Giving me an education. Back it up. You got the numbers. God, to back I hope it up. he doesn't tear his ACL this week. Oh, that dude's got hit by a car right? as you said it. <laughs> and his wife left him too. <laughs> Matt, you want to go? Or you want me to? Yeah, I got one. So uh, my big baller of the week is a uh, a player who's been around, and it's a player you guys know, but. Um, uh, this past week, I think he stepped up in a way that really appeals to me, and that is Ricky Rubio. Uh, that, that was my guess. That was my guess. I figured it would be. So Ricky Rubio's always been that, I've, in my opinion, at least a player who can fill a role on a team fairly well, but isn't going to stand out. Maybe one or two games here or there. And maybe that was last week for him. But, I mean, the man played almost 30 minutes of ball without a turnover. Uh, was um, I think it was fifty percent from behind the arc and about sixty percent from the field. Played an absolutely unreal game with a double double, and that kind of game that I like to see. You know, like he's a he was a threat. That's your favorite kind of basketball, isn't it? Watching Ricky it Rubio, Steve is. Nash style, like small little scrappy guy, just making everybody else look good. Yeah. And I think this year, uh, his short stint on the Suns, his number, his numbers have been very solid. Not just for him, but for any baller. Having players like Devin Booker, obviously Aaron Baines around him, yeah. that helps make a team work. Yeah, I think he's a, he's in a good place to have a spotlight on him when he does choose to shine. Yeah, I like that signing a lot for the Suns in the offseason. I mean, it's not like he was on a bad team before. He was on the Jazz. He had Donovan Mitchell playing alongside him, Rudy Gobert to throw lobs to. Uh, just didn't really click for him there. I mean, he was solid and the Jazz were really good. But I like that signing for Phoenix because, I mean, we've talked about it before outside of this, but like Devin Booker's never hasn't played with an actual point guard since Eric Bledsoe like four years ago. So the fact that like Rubio was even coming in, even at like his role player level that he was showing in Utah, like it was what it was, it was what had me believing that Phoenix was going to be passable instead of terrible this year. And the fact that Rubio has been great instead of being a role player has now made them look really, really good instead of just passable. Yeah, in the I was listening to another podcast today um, talking about the West. Now it seems like there's usually there's about four or five playoff spots that are kind of secured: Clippers, Lakers, Jazz, Denver, and I don't know who else. But 
Phoenix actually has a fairly good shot now with Golden State not looking very good, though Matt guarantees them to at least go to the Western, Western Conference Finals. Um, there's spots I don't know where for that guarantee to, came from. <laughs> there's spots for them to, to make it this year, so it'd be interesting. Hayden, can we hear your big baller of the week? My big baller of the week is a guy who's been around the league for, I think it's six years, and he's he's young. He's an ex-Cavalier, kind of. Um, I went with Mr. Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins is the guy that's supposed to be good on the Minnesota Timberwolves next to Carl Anthony Towns. And it just never has been working very well. Um, it seems like the last couple of years he'll go through stints. And maybe that's exactly what this is. But this dude's been balling out for the last week. He's got a game. The last five games is 30 points, 40 points, 25 points, 33 points, and another. I think it was a 30-piece last night. The dude's putting up points, and he's not only doing that, he's he's assisting, he's shooting more three-pointers versus long two-pointers, which is kind of what he's been doing and why so many people disliked him. So as a ex-growing-up Timberwolves fan, I love to see him putting up real numbers. And I remember when the, the Cavs drafted him, that's what I mean by ex-Cav, they drafted Wiggins number one, traded him quick for Kevin Love, and I was not excited. I thought... I thought Wiggins would have been a great fit. I don't know a lot about basketball, but I thought he would have been fun to see alongside a guy like LeBron. And he's pretty much been disappointing for the last couple of years, but this last five, six, seven, eight game stretch, he's balling. So between him and Cat, they're putting up 60 points a game together, 55, 70 points a game. They're killing it. So I'm, I'm really enjoying watching Timberwolves this year. Hold up. Those were a lot of different numbers. <laughs> what numbers? What do you mean? 60, 55, 70? Come on. They're putting up 65 to 70 together as a team. Just the two of them. The more numbers you say, the smarter you are. Yeah, clearly. But yeah, Wiggins has been really good. And <laughs> this is coming from a resident like Andrew Wiggins hater. Like, I didn't like him coming out of the draft. Uh, I was an Embiid guy that year. I was Embiid, then Jabari Parker, then Wiggins, because there was kind of that three-headed monster in that 2014 draft. Uh, but the Wiggins is balling out this year right now. So I have nothing negative to say about him uh, as long as he doesn't resort back to those uh, last five seasons. That's why he gets it for the week. It's not it's not a season-long award because he might go back to garbage in a week. It's hard to it's hard to keep track with a, with a player like Andrew Wiggins, but I'm really enjoying yeah, it right the now. The big baller of the week is whatever we want it to be, so just kind of deal with that. It's a very loose category. Very, very loose. That's what I appreciate about the big baller of the week. I'm confident that Ricky Rubio could shit the bed the rest of the year. <laughs> That's the fun part about it. Who knows where Ricky will be next week? He may be a very medium to small baller for the rest of the season, but right now he's a big boy. Speaking of big boys, you guys want to talk some uh, NBA awards? What we think might happen this year? Yeah, let's do this. Start with the big, the big boy, the big baller of awards. Who's going to be the, the Mr. MVP of the NBA season? I'm going to read the first. I looked at the odds as yesterday. The top five are Giannis, James Harden, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard. Kind of a boring list, kind of who you expect, but should we expect anything else besides these? Or is this, this is what you guys have on your list too? I'm not going off the list. I texted you guys earlier and told you I'm making a heel turn because I'm picking the guy that nobody likes, and that's James Harden. Oh, he had a good week, man. He had a very good week. He's starting to starting to warm up. He's he's averaging thirty eight points, eight assists, and six rebounds per game. He might score forty points per game with Eric Gordon out now. It's him and Russell Westbrook taking all the shots. I have a counterpoint to this. Hold hold on, hold on. I have a counterpoint. The committee to this. loves statistical milestones. That's how Russell Westbrook gets it by averaging a triple double on a forty five win team. 
James Harden, if he scores 40 points a game, which he hasn't even shot the ball that well yet, he's going to get the MVP. Harden's numbers have been that good. His shooting has has been that good, and he hasn't got it before. I feel like the one he got was a makeup call from when they gave Westbrook the MVP the year before, when it should have went to Harden. So the following year, when it clearly should have went to LeBron again, they give it to Harden. I don't know. It, to Taking away this year, his career high was last season with 36 points per game. Prior to that, his career high was 30.4, the year he did get the MVP. So he's bumped it up even another couple points, and if he gets to 40, like I said, they love statistical milestones. He's shooting 32% behind the arc right now, and he shot 37% the last two years. I mean, he's, he's got to start shooting better, and we've sit, we saw him do it this week. I'm just saying, he gets to 40 points per game, they're not going to be able to keep it out of his hands. The interesting thing about it is that what was Giannis last year, it was James Harden the year before that, and right now it looks like one of those two. If it just ends up being one of those two because – LeBron and AD cancel each other out or Kawhi sits so many games like it's going to have to be one of those two. And like you said, Derek, if James Harden has 40 points a game, that it would be stupid for him not to get it. You know what I mean? Regardless of how he gets the points, regardless of what people think about him, because I'm not a fan exactly of how he plays. But there's no denying that that dude, if MVP equals basically without this guy, the team is garbage. James Harden carries him more than anybody else for sure. So... Here's the tough thing. I hear you. Here's the tough thing. I don't want to come off as a James Harden fan because it is boring to watch isolation basketball and just 40 dribbles and then either draw a foul or chuck a three, something like that. But even if you take out his free throws, he's averaging almost 25 points per game without any free throws. Yeah, and he's shooting, what, like at least 10 to 15 a game? So that gets him close enough to 40 without even really trying. Yeah, he's shooting 15 free throws per game, making 13 and a half. It, but if, even if you take those away, he's still one of the top scorers in the NBA. If you, if for some reason they came up with a rule that said James Harden can't get any points from free throws, he's still averaging 25 plus a game. All right. Derek, you got James Harden. Matt, do you have anybody else that would be more exciting to talk about or is it one of the boring choices? <laughs> it's going to be one of the boring choices. Um. I'm a huge Giannis fan. I want to say he'll get it. And that's exactly what I'm going to say. <laughs> and that's what Giannis I'm going to say. Antetokounmpo will receive the MVP this year. He is a standout player. Um, you know, he came in the league and he was not too much. And then people start getting their eye on him and they're following him saying this guy could be huge. And I don't think he's let anybody down there. And I think as far as most valuable player, the Bucks have been a contending team and a team that can take games off of the top teams. You saw him beat Golden State last year with KD. And he he's playing the kind of ball that deserves an MVP, basically. And I I could argue for somebody else, but I don't think there's a reason to because I think the best player in the league. So the boring is unfortunately what I'm going with. The boring choice is sometimes the best the best choice. The only one that I that could be worth arguing a little bit that there's no chance it would happen would be it's fun to talk about Luca. Amount of math favorite players because he's not just putting up pretty good numbers for a second year guy. He's putting up 
almost a triple double. If if the Mavs jump to the four seed and it's all it's all Luca doing it, then there's a chance. But I don't think I think he's got some down the road. I don't think this is the season for him to win it. I could see him winning one in three, four, or five years, but. I mean, he's, see what he's almost averaging that triple double. So, I mean, if, if he can get the Mavs like 50 wins, along with my different argument, that the media members that vote on this stuff, they love statistical milestones, whether or not they actually mean anything. Because I agree with Matt. Giannis is the best player in the NBA. He's, he's clearly the most impactful in my eyes. And that's what MVP is all about. But we're talking about who's going to win it. And uh, the media members... They love statistical milestones. And if he can go out there and score 30 points, grab 10 rebounds, get 10 assists, and the Mavs spring up to 50 wins out of the lottery and get get home court advantage in the playoffs, man, it's looking like MVP Luka Doncic. Yeah, as media members ourselves, uh, we'll have to think about it when we get the chance to vote. So we have to take that serious. (laughs) Yeah, I can't wait to get my credentials. Yeah, it should be coming in the mail. We filed the other day, so I'm sure we'll get our, our, our letters from Adam Silver coming up soon. We just wrote it one email that said, please, Mr. Silver, can I vote, please? He said, sure. Um, so we have uh, the next category. Let's talk rookies. We can do it quick. I want to start with you, Derek, because your Memphis Grizzlies rookie put up a great game the other day, and I want to see how that makes you feel. Uh, he sure did it. He's my rookie of the year, John Morant. Uh, with Zion out, I mean, he was the number two pick, and there was kind of like a big gap. It was Zion, big gap, John Morant, and kind of big gap before the rest of the guys, at least the way that it was portrayed leading up to the NBA draft. And, I mean, he hasn't disappointed. He had his first career triple-double last or double-double last night, uh, grabbing a double-digit assist along with his 20-plus points. Uh, he ended up with a game-winning bucket against the Hornets, and uh, he's averaging 18 and six this year. Shooting percentages are good, turnovers are high, but it's kind of a rookie thing, and he's on a bad team, so that's kind of live with that. But yeah, he, he looks like definitely a future All-Star right now, and I don't see many rookies that are matching what he's doing statistically or even stylistically. I just can't wait for. I want to talk about rookies again when Zion comes back because it might just remind us of like maybe how great he was compared to other rookies because there's been good ones. Kendrick Nunn on, and Tyler Hero on the Heat are playing well. Kobe White did really well for the Bulls the other, the other day. But again, they're just kind of players. Like Zion is supposed to be on this other level, and I keep forgetting that he's even in the league because he's just he's been injured for so long. I haven't seen him for so long. So when he comes when he comes back, it might be more interesting to talk about what could happen. But as of now, you're right. Jaws looking good. It'll be really interesting with uh, Zion because there's always been such an emphasis placed in the awards on, listen, you got to play most of the season to get it. Like when LeBron's only playing in the mid-60s games, you know he's not getting the MVP. Same with Kawhi. Like will they – like if, if Zion is just absolutely dominant for 50 games, yeah, can they give him the award? That's how Malcolm Brogdon won it a couple years ago because that's when Embiid was – a rookie, yeah. second year rookie, and he only played like 30 something games. Obviously, Embiid's a better player, but Brogdon played 70 something games that season. That's how he ends up with it. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what they do there. If they, if they pick the best rookie or if they pick the rookie who played the most. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I'm going to skip over defense because defense is boring. Okay, mine was Giannis. <laughs> yeah, okay, like, I was worried we talk about how good that guy is. He's, he's a good player, he's incredible. He's a very good basketball player. Also, shout out, shout out to Derek here for going with my uh, episode zero rookie of the year. Yeah, Matt called it. He was called still it my ago. rookie of the year. I remember as I was editing, Matt said, "Jaw," 
And then you just, that's all you said. <laughs> we were talking about rookies. <laughs> that was your, your explanation and you nailed it. So good job. So, Matt. But uh, yeah, after taking uh, episode zero, Derek took what I said and ran with it. So now um, just reference what Derek said and then come back to me saying, <laughs> okay, I'll do a lot of editing. Yeah, you too, can get that I'll, I'll take care of it. Let's talk. I'm going to save the champs till the end. Let's talk some of our stupid categories. Yeah, I got a lot to say about pro wrestling right now. So, <laughs> okay, let's talk about who would be most likely to become a pro wrestler if if people retired this season or just at the end of their career. Who would be most likely to be a pro wrestler post NBA? I'll start with a couple of mine because I know nothing Please about let me pro start. wrestling. Please let me start. Okay. Okay. Never mind, Derek. I'm sorry. Sorry to interrupt, teacher. Go ahead. Because I want to throw in the background because I have the history of basketball players in professional wrestling. Is this going to take 25 minutes? (laughs) No. Okay. Okay. So, and and even if it does, you can't stop me. So, okay. So the most famous NBA players that have taken part in professional wrestling, Carl Malone, Dennis Rodman, 1998, Bash at the Beach. They... They were tag team partners against each other. Diamond Dallas Page and Carl Malone teamed up against Hollywood Hogan and Dennis Rodman, who Dennis Rodman was then an honorary member of the NWO. <laughs> Anybody's still with me? I'm here. I went, to, I went to take a Didn't pee. Think. I came back. I'm still here. Didn't think so. Okay, so <laughs> Hogan and Rodman got the dub there after interference from Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Oh, yeah. That was uh, in the newspaper. I remember reading that. Yeah. Well, it was July of 1998. You were what, like two years old? I was four. (laughs) Okay, but the cool thing about that was Bash at the Beach, July 1998. Do you know what happened in June of 1998? Somebody was born that's now famous. No. Carl Malone and Dennis Rahman faced off in the NBA Finals one month before they they fought each other at WCW's Bash at the Beach. That's actually pretty cool. See, I thought so. <laughs> Wait, is it, Derek, are you telling me it's Woman Crush Wednesday, Bash of the Beach? Yeah. <laughs> okay. World, champion, just world Championship sure Wrestling. You. Okay, so here's a yeah, couple. Don't joke about no, that, it's what, it's what Okay, I said. so here's a couple other big-time professional wrestlers that played college basketball. They didn't make it to the pros. Big Sexy Kevin Nash. I don't know why that nickname hasn't caught on with me yet, but it's Kevin Nash's for the keep. He played basketball at Tennessee. He was a volunteer. Uh he was apparently a very stout defender. Uh, ended up getting kicked off the team for some extracurricular activities, uh, and ended up playing overseas for a little bit before he came back and famously wrestled as Diesel in the WWF, and then uh, as Kevin Nash in WCW. Uh, Mark Calloway, also known as the Undertaker, big time professional basketball player, had a scholarship at te- Texas Wesleyan, and then Paul White, the Big Show, uh, was a Wichita State Shocker back in the day. So a couple big fellas there. You did your research, man. Yeah, I did. Okay, so do you want me to go with my pick now, or should yes. we jump in yours and then give come you, back to give mine? Give your pick. Give your pick. Okay, so I went through a couple different guys. Uh, I had a couple different ideas before I finally settled on one, so I'll, I'll give you the runner-ups. Uh, Steven Adams. Great pick. That's a great, great pick. pick. That guy just has the look. He has the long hair. He's menacing. He's big. He's a big body. He's a good athlete. Didn't go with him, though. Uh, Boban Marjanovic. The star of John Wick 3. Yes, also a runner-up. Did not get it. I mean, the guy got killed by a book. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Yeah, I think that movie's been out long enough. Everybody in the movie died. So here is my future pro wrestling superstar, Draymond Green. Ooh. Because I didn't just want somebody who looked menacing 
or intimidating like Steven Adams or Boban. I wanted someone who had that charisma, who could get on the mic and just spit at somebody and make you hate them. And that's what Draymond Green can do. That's what I love about professional wrestling. Just a great heel. I grew up with The Rock, just making fun of everybody and just being a jerk. And I fell in love with that guy just being a jerk. That's probably why I like Joel Embiid. And you guys I was going to say, that's why you <laughs> like Embiid. I with The Rock. <laughs> uh, and I think Draymond Green has that same kind of thing. He hops on the mic in those post-game press conferences, and you just hate oh, the yeah. things that are coming out of his mouth. He's a jerk. He doesn't he's out there, he's yelling at refs, he's yelling at whoever he's guarding, but he's also tough. He's got athleticism, and I think he he is my pick as a professional wrestler that is currently in the NBA. That, that's a very, very good pick. Matt, did you grow up watching wrestling at all? No, no. I've, no, I've tuned in no. in, my, uh, in my later years, picked up on oh, really? a little bit. But um, definitely... Not something I was interested in as a as a child. Do you have a pick at all? I do. I do have <laughs> a pick, and it's a really easy segue. After you heard Derek talking about these big guys, um, talking about these big guys, and he said a lot of names. And the guy I chose basically already has a wrestler name, and he's big. Oh, I think I know who it is. Do you want to take a guess? Uh, no, I want you to say it. He's number 99 for the Boston Celtics. Is Taco Fall <laughs> is going to be my choice. He's number two on my list. <laughs> is he on your list? Oh, yeah, he's number two on my list. Are you serious? Or are you joking? Nope, I'm not joking. I had Taco Fall as well because I was along the same lines where I'm like, it has to be a big, scary-looking dude. Yes, the dude's got to be over 300 pounds. I mean, when you're 7'5", you can't be 200 pounds. Yeah, he has to be over 300 pounds. Reminiscent of George Murison, except somehow less mobile. He's massive. Taco (laughs) Fall is massive. A good pick. Yep. And I'm the absolute unit. Taco Fall is my pick. I have a group of I had a group of four four, and it's kind of in order. Again, I don't know a lot about wrestling. I said Ennis Cantor. Uh, and his canter pretends to be a tough guy a lot of times oh, on teams. The, the Turkish nightmare. Yeah, he likes to be a pretend tough guy. I remember him trying to get in the face of LeBron when he was a Nick. And that's kind of like acting. That's kind of what you do. This guy's not even in the league well, anymore. Marchin Gortat? I don't know. I just thought he could beat somebody up. He's not even the in the Polish league. The Polish hammer. The, exactly. I thought about him. He <laughs> sprung to mind when I was thinking professional wrestler. The Polish hammer. I was like, that's a professional wrestler. He's got a dorky looking mohawk. He's just a weird guy. So I think like that could fit. But my number one pick, and I, I legitimately could see this happening, and he might have been involved at some point. I think Lakers uh, center forward Dwight Howard could probably end up in the – on the WWE at the end, the dude's got a personality. He's having a renaissance now. He went through phases where he was kind of the most loved player. Everybody kind of hated him. He was lazy. Now he's making a renaissance again. So he's got a good plot built in. Because my understanding of pro wrestling is it's not just about being character. You need you need a plot. You need things that make people want to tune in. And, and Dwight Howard, Dwight Howard's an interesting dude. Because, like I was saying, he's went through a lot. And I've really enjoyed watching him this year. But I think he can play up the acting as well. Dwight Howard is one of the biggest disappointments to me. Of his career? Yeah, just not not for the wrestler segment. I just mean as a basketball player. <laughs> yes. And a human being in general. He had so much potential. I mean, he's still got to be all of Famer. Sure. But he does have a, a five, six-year period of, of nothing. He got put on that Redemption Lakers team where all he had to do was stay at the post and he could have shined. 
but he makes the decision that I want to be more than just a center. Like, no, come on, you big rebounding machine. Go stay down there and rebound. That that team was doomed, and you're not going to like what I say because it's about your boy. Because you, he was in the Larry Bird stage of I'm going to play five minutes and then go lay down on the sidelines. Is that it? Yeah, Steve, Steve Nash was washed he, at that point. Oh, yeah. He was washed. And that it was doomed. They brought him in thinking he'd be a superstar, and maybe he could have been like a Ricky Rubio type role player at that point. But they needed him to do so much to be good. And it also doesn't help that like Kobe just needed the ball in his hands, and that was never going to work. He was never going to play off the ball with Steve Nash. Even Steve Nash in his prime, Kobe would have demanded the ball, and Steve Nash would have put up well below, well subpar stats for him. That's true. Absolutely true. I cannot argue with that as much as I like the guy. And, and Dwight's back was a mess that year, too. R.I.P. 2010 Lakers. Can we have a segment whose back was worse that year, Nash? Or <laughs> That's a very interesting conversation. Who had a bad back? We're going to bring NBA? in a chiropractor. <laughs> Professional chiropractor, Dr. Weisel, who is the only chiropractor I know who's in Hartville, Ohio. Um, oh, there's a Dr. Wilhelm in Ritzton, Ohio. All right. Are we just going to name doctors or are we going to talk about basketball? Yeah, this is Dr. Talk. <laughs> Uh, I had uh, one more throwaway. I don't know if anybody has an answer besides me. Who would make the bet? Who's the NBA player that make the best pie? Anybody have any answers? Oh, I got. Oh, yeah. Of course we got this. Come on. Yeah, this I is have easy. This. <laughs> I have this. There's no way you have my no, answer. Ahead. I want to hear it. Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> because he's caramel? Because it sounds like caramel. <laughs> I don't know. It's a little more in depth. Not, not too much more in depth. The dude just hasn't been playing basketball, so I hope he was like learning cooking or something. Something productive, maybe. He's got to fill his time up with something. (laughs) If he's not on the court, he's probably in the kitchen cooking pies with my lady. Yeah. Cooking pie with my lady. Sorry, my my music was playing. (laughs) I was wondering when you were going to mute that. (laughs) Derek, what about you, sir? Oh, it's Chef Curry. Chef Curry with that pie, boy. Now I understand why you asked if because it sounds like Do you have anything else to say after that? (laughs) Oh my god. You went like probably a page and a half of notes for a wrestler and then (laughs) Chef Curry, that's it. Just two words, period. Indent next next sentence. That's beautiful. My uh my best NBA pie, I have one, just because I think the guy would be nice. I think Mike Conley's a very nice man. I think he'd make a good pie. He's got a nice smile. Yeah, he's just a nice person. He's, he's a family man. And I urge you both to look at your phones right now because I just sent you a picture of my notes. And uh, Matt perfectly described what my notes look like. <laughs> <laughs> and my my timely answer for this would be uh, Miami Heat. Dion Waiters, I think, would make a very good pie. Um, he obviously likes to, to experiment with different ingredients. I think the dude can make, make everybody feel comfortable with his cooking. It's comfort food. He likes to get high on plane. It's very comfortable food. I think John Waiters make. And again, he's suspended. He may end his career because he took a gummy on an airplane. The dude might never make money again. I don't know. Maybe some team will end up with him, but things are not looking good for Mr. Dion. Big oof. Big oof in general. Indeed. All right. So let's talk about who our NBA champs are. I'll just go first because I keep making you guys go first. Um, I actually don't know what my answer is. I'm about to say this. I'm going to go with one of the L.A. team's. Um, I think the, I think the Lakers are going to do it. 
because I think they're they're building chemistry now. I think Kawhi and Paul George might have a hard time building chemistry. I might be wrong because they're both great basketball players and they could just destroy. But I'd like to see the Lakers win. They'll probably play, I think, Philly in the finals. So I'll go Lakers over Philly for the 1920 season. LeBron gets his fourth chip. People can actually seriously talk about him, whether he's the GOAT or not. But people will still also be mad and say, oh, but Kobe's got five or six or whatever, how many he's got. But I don't know. L.A. fans are never happy, but I'd like to see the Lakers. Shout out Shout to Shaq. Out to Shaq, exactly. <laughs> Who you guys got? Well, I'm, I'm sticking with my I'm sticking with my heel turn that I talked about earlier. I'm going Houston Rockets. Oh, God, no. I would be so mad. Yeah, I think you're off the podcast now. <laughs> I'm going Houston Rockets because I love Russell Westbrook. And, I mean, we talked about it earlier. I mean, Harden, Harden is unstoppable. Like he's unwatchable, but he's also unstoppable. They just beat the Clippers. They just beat the Clippers the other night. Uh, that they, they were stout defensively. I mean, they shut Kawhi down. Uh, the the problem is that they do need another wing score. They got to go get somebody at the deadline. I'm not sure what they have asset wise. I would need to look into that more. But I mean, Eric Gordon's out for six weeks. Gerald Green's out for the year. I mean, right now they're reliant. PJ Tucker is like their third guy right now. I know. It, yeah, they have like nobody the on the team. And God bless him, man. I mean, he's shooting the lights out. Like he's almost fifty percent behind the arc. But like, I don't think anybody expects that to stand up for the season. And then after that, they have like Austin Rivers. So like, it starts to get pretty thin after that. So it'd be real nice. I mean, Gordon will be back after Christmas, probably sometime early twenty twenty. I mean, he'll be there for the stretch run and into the playoffs, but I do think they need somebody else. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, they've been close. The last two years, they, they took the Warriors down to the wire and just didn't quite happen. They weren't as close last year, but the year before, I mean, Chris Paul, if he's not out for game six and seven, the Rock, they're in the NBA Finals against the Cavs. For sure. For sure. That would have been great. Like We all would have been happy with that. Um. Yeah, I'm going to stick with my episode zero selection of, of the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, you got a guy who wants to win a championship in uh, AD and another guy who wants to win a championship in LeBron James. Those are two guys who I think have a real drive to get a ring. And I said it last week, and I'll say it again. I think they're a force to be reckoned with, and I... I think playoff ball is going to come out strong for them because they're playing this regular season with a lot of drive and it's working out well for them. But you guys know as well as I do that playoff LeBron is its own thing. Yep. Only only problem I see right now is the amount of energy they're exerting in the regular season because LeBron doesn't typically do that. But he's not exerting the kind of energy that he had two, two years ago. He, he kind of is right now. I mean, he's exerting a lot more regular season energy than he ever did in Cleveland, at least post-2010. Because, I mean, that last game in Cleveland, last season in Cleveland, he played 82 games. But, I mean, if you watched any of that, which I was just watching quarters here and there because it was so miserable to watch. But, I mean, he he didn't play any defense. He's trying on defense this year. We all, We all see that. I mean, he's running the point. The ball's in his hands all the time right now. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see if, like, he can maintain his energy throughout the year. Now, he, he got his longest offseason of his career with with them shutting him down a little early and then not being in the playoffs for the first time since 2005, I think. Sure. So, 
And then also right now, like the worst kept secret is Anthony Davis is hurt. Yeah, he's trying to play through it. He's trying to prove that he's not a guy that always gets hurt, but he is right now a guy that is hurt. Like I've heard that like in order to get him right, he needs a month off. And a month off in the Western Conference, I mean, we already saw what happens when LeBron has to do it by himself. The Lakers weren't that good last year. Now, they added some different pieces. Danny Green helps a lot. Dwight Howard's been really good, but Dwight Howard hasn't been the pinnacle of health. So, like, they're really, it's a very fragile ecosystem out there in L.A. right now. And If everything I, goes I, right, it'll be great. But if it falls apart a little bit, people are going to be upset. But right now, everybody's pushing through it and playing, and it's healthy, and it's all working. But I will agree that if they get to the playoffs and LeBron and AD are healthy, you absolutely can't count them out. They can both go supernova just like just like Kyrie and LeBron did back in 2016. Just go supernova and just lead the team and hope you get role players out of everybody else 3 through 12. Just role player production. That's all you need when those two go supernova. And Anthony Davis is capable of not only going supernova scoring like Kyrie did, but he's also a defensive force. Yeah, he's he's balling out. He could he could be a defensive player of the year with the way he's playing. So the Lakers got a good they got big good big dudes right now between him, JaVale, and Dwight. They're getting good minutes out of all those guys. So we'll see what happens for sure. But you know what I really care about? I really care about the Memphis Grizzlies. That's what I want to hear. Who cares about the LA Lakers? Who cares about these teams that are gonna win the championships? I want to hear from the what are they, four and seven Memphis Grizzlies? Three and seven? Uh, I don't have their overall record. Four and seven sounds right, though. They did go two and two this week after uh, it started out a little rough. I figure you're bringing this up just because your Orlando Magic absolutely waxed them. My Orlando Magic. Absolutely. Yeah, your your Orlando Magic absolutely waxed my Memphis Grizzlies early in the week. And then they went out the next night to play the Dallas Mavericks and got waxed again. And uh, my tenure as a Grizzly fan started off pretty uh, inauspiciously. But they followed it up. Uh, they went on the road Monday and Wednesday, picked up wins at San Antonio, which is a quality That's a win, good win. No matter, even if, even if they've fallen off a bit. And then they won at Charlotte uh, just on Wednesday. Uh, made it a two and two week. A lot of reasons for optimism in Memphis. Uh, I'm still waiting to get that jersey right now because I want to get that throwback uh, style, but Jaron Jackson. So uh, I'm waiting on that right now. Uh, but there's a lot of reasons for optimism right now. I love Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, I mean, he, he can shoot, he can score inside, he's a shot-blocking menace, uh, he can defend on the perimeter too, uh, just everything you want out of a modern big man, uh, he can kind of do it. Uh, the, we talked about earlier, Rookie of the Year candidate, John Morant, uh, I'm big on him, I, I think he's going to be an incredible pick, whether it's pick and roll, pick and pop, uh, just attacking on his own out of isolation. Uh, he can do a lot of different things with the ball. He, he's shooting the ball a lot better, I think, than a lot of people anticipated him doing right out of the gate because he was kind of inconsistent last year. And then Brandon Clark, another rookie. Uh, he's coming out of Gonzaga. Uh, he played with uh, Matt's boy, Rui. Rui Hachimura teamed up with him at Gonzaga. But uh, Clark, uh, I think he's kind of going to be their power forward of the future. Uh, I'm going to talk about this in a little bit, but I'm not really sure what they're going to do with their big man rotation because right now they're playing Jaron at the power forward, but I think he's eventually going to end up at center uh, as long as he's up for it, kind of like how Anthony Davis should have. But uh, I think Brandon Clark would slide in real nice to that power forward position because he can shoot it a little. He's another guy who gets a lot of blocks, a lot of steals, rebounds it pretty solidly. He's kind of just like a jack of all trades, master of none, but he does everything pretty just solidly well. So it's, Kind of a nice player to have as like your third, fourth best player as he develops. 
but the reason you've taken interest as a Grizzlies fan, I appreciate how serious you're taking this. But uh, but here's the reasons they suck. (laughs) Uh, I I like Jonas Valanciunas. I liked him a lot on the Raptors. I liked him a lot in the second half of last season when uh, they picked him up in Memphis. Uh, I don't like him playing alongside my boy Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, So far this year, uh, they've played like over 200 minutes together. Uh, maybe even more than that. I was looking at their uh, combination pairings on basketball reference, and uh, they've been outscored by 12, 12 and a half points per 100 possessions, which is basically a full 48-minute game. Been outscored by almost 13 points with those two on the floor together. Now, it, it works sometimes, depending on the lineups they're with. Uh, like when they the, – their most played five-man unit was uh, Morant, uh, Dylan Brooks, Jay Crowder, and then those two, and they're only being outscored by half a point per 100 possessions, which is pretty much just playing the opponent straight up. So, like, it can work in stints, but I don't think it works long term. And I'm not, they just signed Jonas in the offseason. So, I'm, I'll be interested to see what happens after December because they can trade him starting December 15th. So, it'll be interesting to see what they do if, if maybe they see it's not working and look to pull the trigger on something quick. Or if they win the offseason, but by then other teams might have caught on too, and the, the value isn't there. But most of all, uh, getting away from that pairing, because like I said, it can work sometimes. It just hasn't worked mostly with the lineups they've used. The real reason that they suck right now is Jay Crowder. That guy blows. <laughs> <laughs> he got a game winner this week, didn't he? Or last week or something? I don't really care. I wasn't a fan then. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. You, you're. <laughs> Your loyalty only runs a week deep at this point. <laughs> These teams did not exist pre last week. Yeah, they were Jay Crowder, he, he was solid in Boston playing in Brad Stevens' system. Uh, got traded to Cleveland in the Kyrie Irving trade and was just a duh. He, would, he yeah, sucked he, so bad in Cleveland. And, and the thing is, he hasn't gotten any better since he left. Like You just think he has because we haven't been watching him because he hasn't been under our noses in Cleveland. But he stunk in Utah and now he stinks in Memphis. He, he just stinks. Uh, Brad Stevens made that man a millionaire, so uh, go Brad Stevens. Uh, but that guy's stealing money from the Memphis, the, from the city of Memphis right now, and uh, he's put losses in the column right now. But ultimately, I mean, they just need to tank because if they don't get in the top six of this draft, Boston gets their draft pick. Oh shit! Yeah, they want to be bad then. then yeah, you, so you're in we for some bad basketball to watch. So yeah, so so just hang on tight to Jay Crowder right now. Uh, just keep throwing that. He's leading them in minutes per game right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's leading them in minutes per game. So just keep rolling out the tank. Throw on your hard hat, Jay Crowder. You are my tank commander because we're going after R.J. Hampton. But here's the problem. You're not going to be a Grizzlies fan next year. You're probably going to be rooting for the Phoenix Suns or somebody. So, Do you not know that I'm in this for life? Oh, now, now I'm, they're, a, they're, I'm a lifer now. You've, you've already got a Grizzlies tattoo on your back. You got hashtag John Morant on the back of your neck. Yeah, you, Grizzlies, 2023 in. NBA champs. <laughs> He's already laid out the game plan for him. Where to push the money. He knows the game. <laughs> He's going he to accidentally end up on the coaching staff. Like, I already applied for an all <laughs> internship on their staff. So uh, I'm putting on my house for rent. Uh, I'm moving to Memphis. I'll go Tune into the NBA league pass that we can see Derek rubbing Jay Crowder's shoulders on the sideline. <laughs> just, just keep shooting, baby. Just keep shooting. Keep going, buddy. You got it. You can handle it. You're killing it. 30% behind the York funny. is exactly what we're looking for. <laughs> yeah, three out of 10 is as good as it gets. Let's keep it going. All right. Who else we got? Who else is breaking down their teams in depth? Giving me the look. 
I got the Wizards. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not exactly thrilled with this team right now. We, we can start with the highlight. And I say the highlight because there's one. And that's Bradley Beal. The guy's a baller. Just straight up. His scoring, it's always been there. Hey, He's my gotten man. stronger. He's gotten better on the defensive end, his handles. And he, he's going with the trend in the NBA, and he's taking shots off the dribble. It just seems to be what the franchise players do now. He looks just as skilled and talented as he did in previous years, which means like I'm referring to him not feeling like he's 30, because I believe he's 30 or close to it. Um, 26, actually. No, Beal is not that young, is he? He was the youngest guy in his draft class back in 2012. Trust me, I've been a fan since Florida. <laughs> God. I trust you, dude. That's no doubt about that. Okay. But either way, I don't see his game. I don't, I see it only going up still. Um, and he proved the other night he can drop a 40 bomb and make it look easy. Um, kind of like uh, Hayden's boy Iverson used to do. You know, he got out there and he took a lot of shots and it didn't look like it was a big deal to him. So right now, John or Bradley Beal is the best player on the Wizards, hands down. But who's the future? But who's the future? I got another pillar to discuss. And there, there's three pillars of this team that bother me or that I feel like are important right now. One of them being Bradley Beal, and it's it's strong. It's good. And then one of them, you can't tell what's going on over here because it's the biggest question mark in the league. And that's John Wall. I mean, he has that albatross of a contract, too. Uh, his contract is makes you want to throw up when you think about it. <laughs> How much money that dude's making. Yes. We really just need him to come in so we can evaluate. I saw a video of him dunking in warm-ups. So I was, I was told he's out the whole year, but he's obviously – Somewhat like he's obviously got some of his energy back, some of his body back. So, so get this 2022, 2023. Tell me how much money you think John Wall is going to make that year. Hold on a second. Let me figure out how, how old is he right now. He is 20. He turns 29 this year, or he might have already turned 29 this year. He just turned 29 in September. So at 29, he's, he's got to be like 33 years old. <laughs> Tell me he's going to be making about. 30. I think it's 40 something, isn't it? Like 44 million or something crazy? 46.9 million dollars in 2022-2023. He's making 37.8 million dollars this year as he sits out with a ruptured Achilles tendon. He doesn't even have Ooh. to play. He's putting up uh straight zeros at this point so, for 37 hey, million. This is what you've thrown me into. Yeah, this is and I don't appreciate this. But it's okay because we can look forward to the future because um, the biggest thing after diving into this team a little bit that I can't understand at all is Jan Mahinmi. Do you guys know that name? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Sounds Sounds like a type of sushi, but yes, I know who he is. Okay. Jan Mahinmi. It, it, we, I should change my big baller of the week to whoever he has in charge that got him a four-year contract for $64 million because this guy's overpaid. Yeah, the guy has the guy is barely played. Yes. Jan Mahimi's agent. And this, whoever, the, whoever his managing team agent, whatever, he, I'm changing him to my big baller of the week. Big baller alert. Uh-oh, welcome to big baller zone. Basically, I see this team in a state where 
Bradley Beal's going to hold on as hard as he can while we wait to see what happens with John Wall and we wait for Mahinmi's contract to be up so we can pay another star to come play on this team. Now, there are some nice perimeter players at the top of this next draft coming up, and it seems very likely that the Wizards are going to be at the top of this draft. So it, it's not all lost for you as a, as a lifelong Wizards fan. Yeah. Uh, I already have my my new hoodie on the way, so Wizards fan. Oh, my God. Do you really have a hoodie on the way? Yes. I know, bitch. <laughs> you got money in this. So, so check this out. Check this out here. Uh, Mahimi signed a four-year, $6 million contract with the Wizards yep. uh, back in July 2016. Yep. $64 million over four years. That's, that's some big baller money. Since then, he, that's what I'm saying. he has not played more than 17 minutes a game in any of those seasons, and only once has cracked 34 games played. Yeah, that's I, did, I didn't know who he was. I'm surprised you guys did. And this guy is just rolling in money. He's stealing from Washington, which I guess if you're going to steal from anywhere, please be Washington, but sheesh. He's draining the swamp. He's draining the swamp. <laughs> money. <laughs> oh, man. Well... Thanks for the Wizards update. You got anything else, Matt? Any other good news? Uh, Any bad news? No, I just want to hear about the Magic. Oh, man. Well, it's been a fun week as a Magic fan. Um, I actually genuinely was a little excited about them going into the week. Uh, I thought, because right after our first Lost episode, um, Derek and I realized our teams were playing each other. So I tuned in the next night. I'm like, man, I'm going to watch some Magic basketball. I'm going to watch the Grizzlies versus the Magic on a... Friday night, this is what I got going on. And I took some, these are just some bullet points I took as watching the Magic. I only got five. I think I only watched the first two or three quarters because it started to become a blowout. But my very first note is, I don't think Markel Fultz likes to play basketball anymore. The dude's body language is so sad to watch. He mopes around. I know he's a young guy. He's not worked out for him. He's a number one pick that looks like a bust. But he looks so sad every time he had the ball. And he's zooming on his face. He's like kind of rolling his eyes. And he's walking around on defense. He's walking around on offense. He's he's putting up like eight to ten points a game. He just looks miserable. I feel so bad for the kid watching him. So, And every time the Magic announcers are talking about him or fans are cheering him on it feels like a parent that's trying to cheer on a kid that they know isn't gonna make it like they're not that good but they're trying but the kid feels like i gotta do it because i think my parents want me to keep playing basketball and he just looks so sad so i have a hard time cheering for him i just want him to do whatever's best for his life which i personally don't think it's like basketball anymore i don't think the guy likes it i saw uh, there's an instagram video on the magic of him signing basketballs at like a, a local sporting store and his smile or lack of smile with the kids was it was it hurt me to see so i hope marco fault is in a good place uh, my second note is evan fournier is a very ugly man he's a very ugly he might be the ugliest nba starter but the dude can ball to an extent he also has you're not supposed to google him i have googled him this week i don't recommend it um he's an ugly guy but he's a pretty good player number three Jonathan Isaac, that dude is awesome. He is so much fun to watch when he's playing. I told you I was giving yes, you a little Jonathan something. Isaac is the future. Uh, I just don't know if he's going to be the future in Orlando. If I was him, I wouldn't want to be the future in Orlando. I don't know how it's going to work. The team around him is not very good. 
but he's got he plays great defense. He put up a pretty good stat line last week at like 13 points, a bunch of rebounds, blocks, steals, kind of a all around, almost like a five by five. He's looking good. Um, and part of the reason Derek gave me as a team gave me the magic is because they have a great defense, which they have a very good defense. And it's that part of the game is fun to watch, but their offense is awful. But there is a good sign because the last week, every one of their games was at least over 100 points. They went 2-2. Two and two. Before that, they hadn't scored more than 100 points in any of their games. The highest scoring they have so far is 25 points by Vucevic, which happened last night uh, in a win. But I'm sure that was thrilling to watch. It was incredibly boring of a dribble, dribble, dribble. A little, a little off the backboard dink. It's like a really worse, more boring, less athletic Tim Duncan is who I would describe Vucevic as. And my last, he, he dominated. Yeah, the Sixers without Embiid. Yes, exactly. But it just wasn't that fun to watch. And Markel Fultz put up a great revenge game of I think seven points and three assists versus his old team, Ooh, <laughs> the Sixers, something like that. Um, they have a very bad social media magic fans. It, they had some Instagram posts in like the twenties to maybe like 150 versus some teams that have thousands of likes. Yikes. There's not Seriously? A lot of, not a lot, not a lot of engagement on the magic social media. Like, like there's like two to four comments on some of the posts. So I feel like I could easily become a magic super fan. If I just start commenting on all of their Instagram posts, I would get noticed very quickly. I can maybe get some free, free swag out of it. Um, yeah, let's. I don't know. I'm hopeful for the Magic because they're starting to pick up. Their offense is looking a little better. There's rumors they might end up with DeMar DeRozan, which I do not want. I think he would be a terrible fit because they have no three-point shooting, and DeMar can't shoot threes. That's not his game. I say we ride out with our team that we have and just keep going for the year. So let's go Magic, baby. Yeah, I think you texted uh, earlier that DeMar DeRozan was a possibility. I was like, oh, God, I hope they get him. <laughs> that would make it even worse to watch. That would be so unfun to watch if DeMar hey guys, what's it like team? to be optimistic about your favorite teams? <laughs> Something hey, I don't share. You have to learn it, Matt. You have to you have to be um delusional to an extent because I don't know how many cuz there's not a lot of like we we're saying. I think me and Derek may be in the top 2, the top 5 uh actual Grizzly Magic fans that exist and we've only been at it for about a week, so. Matt, I will say you, you should be more optimistic. Not this year, because this year you're, you're, dead, you're dead in the water. Right. But if they can yeah. get a top you, three pick next year to go along with Beal and Rui. Yes. And then Mahimi's coming back healthy next year, right? What's <laughs> real about, the, about Washington this year is that I need to root for losses so we can tank. Because we kind of need to tank. So we're going to have some money to pay people next year. So who's your tank commander? Because mine's Jay Crowder. Who's yours? Oh, my God. I haven't even thought about it because I – No, you know what? I have to go with all 17 minutes of Mahinmi. Yeah, but I, but I feel like if you're on the bench, then you're not actively contributing to the losing. Some Somebody on that team is playing 30 minutes a game and just actively hurting the team. Who is that, man? I gotta say, it's probably Isaiah Thomas is gonna run point for the tank. <laughs> the miniature tank, miniature tank, miniature tank, <laughs> miniature tank the whole way to bottom of the league. But honestly, I have right. low faith in Isaiah Thomas. You know, he's just not the explosive guard he used to be when people were saying he could be big. I mean, they never said he could be big, they said he could score points. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm in a uh, popular, uh, impactful. I'm the only one that might have a playoff team this year. Who would have thought? Dude, your your boy Admiral Schofield, he shoots 70% from the floor. 
What is it? You shoot seven times out of ten? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move on from here. I think we're about to wrap I'm up. I'm gonna right? save I'll save my game for another week. Uh, it'll be it'll be fine. Um, okay, Derek, you want to lead our, our our weekly pickums? Okay, so the two games we have are Celtics at Clippers, uh, and we're doing Clippers are getting six and a half points, and then the Spurs at the Philadelphia 76ers, where the Sixers are giving thirteen points. Oof. So, uh, who we got? I'll go last since uh, I gave you the lines. Should we- Celtics at Clippers. Are we going to count the ones we did last week? Or are we starting over at zero zero because we did have a game last night? I mean, we posted on social media, yeah. so so right now, me and me and Derek are up one zero because I think Matt picked the Clips and we picked the Rockets, and the Rockets ended up winning, right? Yeah, yeah. they did. Matt's Matt's starting in the hole, so Matt, you can go first. Yep. Who do you got? Celtics v Clips on Wednesday, and I got Clips. You got Clips. All right. Who do you got on Friday? Sixers or Spurs? What was the split again? 13. Sixers are giving 13 points. The Spurs are legitimately not good this year. Yeah, but 13. That's but a, it also that's depends a, on who's playing for right, Philadelphia. I think if MB doesn't play. I'm going to take, take the Spurs. I think they – teams can still feel comfortable with their lead and not play super, super hard if it's 10 points. Yeah. So I think there's a really good chance that by the by the last second of the game – the Spurs are within 13. That's a, that's a very good point. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Celtics Spurs. I think the Celtics are on a roll right now. I think they can pull it off, especially the, the Clippers, who seem to kind of just not really care as much about the regular season right now. They're just trying to get some wins, but they're really just trying to stay healthy. I think the Celtics can can could get can straight up get the actual win, not just get the points. What about you, Derek? Uh, I'm, I'm glad you went with the Celtics because. If you went with the same picks as Matt, I was going to have to switch mine up because I also have the same picks as Matt. Uh, I have Clippers and Spurs. Clippers and Spurs. We're all going Spurs. Yeah. All going Spurs. 13 is just a gigantic spread. And in the NBA, like yeah. like you said, like if they're up 20 with two minutes to go, it's going to get down to 12. <laughs> all right. There's our weekly pickums, Guys. I think our audio will survive this one. So I'm going to say thank you to everybody that's made it through. This is a little bit of a long one, but it's our very first one. We got to get our our awards out, our rookies out. And now we can just start talking about what's actually going on in the league every week. We don't have to talk about the season. We're kind of catching up on a month or so of the season. Now we'll just have weekly discussions. So appreciate everybody that's listening to Jump 95. Um, you guys got anything else you want to say? Any sign-offs you, you want to say? Oh, no, look, looking forward to it. Go Grizz. Go go Wizards, go Grizz, go Orlando Magic. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next week. Peace. You are a hater.